Hello and welcome back to the Fire in the Form of Flint podcast. My name is Jay Ashton. I am alongside Mark Ashton. We got a new guest this week. Unfortunately, Hello. Bryant Hinckley is uh, four hours away from me. And he is trying to get over the fact that Tom Brady is now a Buccaneer and that Ross, Boston Rob is now on the edge. So he could not join in this weekend, but that's okay. We got a lot of content to get over to today. So do we want to just get right into it? Absolutely. Alrighty. So this past episode, we had a tribe swap. And the tribe swap saw us go from two tribes to three tribes. Something that you predicted. Yep. Because, I mean, you're down to, to 15 players, so it makes sense to go to three. So you have three tribes of five. And within these three tribes, we see the complications of you got an odd number, and it's a very small number. So one or two people are probably going to find themselves on the outs in each tribe. So for call, we have Denise, Jeremy, Kim, Tony, and Sandra. And what's unique about this is you've got Denise and Jeremy, who were previously on a tribe together. Tony and Sandra were previously on a tribe together with Kim. But Kim was never really with Tony and Sandra. So she becomes the swing vote in that. Correct. So if you had to guess as of right now for DeCall, where, if you were Kim, who would you side with if you were, had to go to tribal council? Well, if she was smart, I would definitely be with Denise and Jeremy. And I definitely agree with that. Well, not that I don't love Tony and Sandra. Excellent <laughs> players. Tony is a uh, living meme every week. <laughs> he is. He's hysterical. And, and Sandra is pretty great content, too. But, you know, as you and I, over the summer, watched a lot of these series back to get you invested in these, Denise and Jeremy played incredible seasons. I mean, Denise was at every tribal council. <laughs> she was. Only player to ever be at every single tribal council and still win the game. Correct. Which is incredible. And not to mention, Tony and Sandra are both notorious villains. You've got two really funny people, but have no problem with backstabbing anybody or doing whatever it takes to try and win. Whereas on the other side, you got Denise, who's a therapist and is one of the most brutally honest people out there. Uh, she's got great communication skills. She relates well to people. And Jeremy's a well, he's a beloved hero. He's a beloved hero, but the one thing that I love about his game is the fact that he just observes. Yes. He lets everybody come to him, and he just listens. And I think that that's key in this game, because it helps him in his alignments down the road on where he needs to shift. It's not that he makes predictions or whatever. He just sits back and listens. I just love the smirks that he puts on his face when yeah. somebody is telling him something and he's going to either use it or not use it or put it in his pocket for later. Because a lot of these players won their seasons by dictating and being in charge. And, and Jeremy was in charge for most of his season, but this season he's taken a little bit of a step back, which I think is really going to help his game. Being able to listen to other people and just use the information and go from there is a brilliant strategy when you're playing a season with winners. Absolutely. And I also think that he's going to look back at like Tony and Sandra because they're probably going to be in a, uh, a pit fight with each other. And <laughs> he might say, okay, who want, which one of these two is going to go? But I'm going to just sit back and, and, and let them do it to each other. Right. And, and it would be it would behoove Jeremy to continue this approach and try and not directly go to Kim and 
ask, hey, do you want to be with us? Rather just listen to Kim and what she wants to do. If she's thinking Tony, if she she's thinking Sandra. Because I think, I think Kim's a very smart player. And she was excellent in the challenge uh, this past week. And we'll get into that later. I think that she becomes the swing in this scenario. And I just, just the communication skills of Denise and Jeremy probably going to be why Kim goes with them. I would think. But again, I do think that she's probably going to take a little bit. I don't see her as being a swing vote. As much as really picking a side, you know. Right. Um, I always hated the swing vote because people get overconfident with the swing vote. Yeah. And I'd hate for her to get overconfident and then she would be the uh, person that would be out. Yeah, that, that's very true because we've, we've seen that happen in the past. Absolutely. So moving on to uh, Sele. We got a. Ve- this is a very, very interesting tribe dynamic because we have two tribes into Call on Yara and we'll get to Yara in a second where it's... You've got two sides, really. But Sele feels very jumbled up. Because you've got Wendell and Michelle, who previously dated. And it's incredibly awkward. Oh, it's definitely awkward. And it's and it's pretty funny, too. And, and because of this, it seems like Michelle is starting to develop a little bit of a relationship with Parvati. Which definitely could play in their favor. Because I think, this is my opinion, that Nick is kind of a little bit of a floater so far. So he's going to put himself and align himself and who he feels is going to be better. Which I have worries for uh, Wendell and Yule, who are two of my favorite all-time <laughs> yeah. players. What Yule should try and do is he's got a pre-existing relationship with Parvati. They played together on Cook Islands together. Correct. He can try, I feel, to ingratiate himself with Parvati and maybe get in with Michelle and put himself back in the numbers. Wendell, I feel like, might be on the bottom here. You know what? I I was thinking that as well. I, I hate that he's there, and something can change. But right now, I think Michelle made a comment about you know going out uh, into the ocean a little bit with poverty and giving them something to look at. So right. it's like they definitely were playing uh, the woman card on that uh, <laughs> on the gentleman. Which which was that, that's like that's like. Parvati's game too absolutely and uh that that was pretty funny to see and we, we've got some pretty good memes out of that too where uh, i saw one from survivor reddit that was like the two people in bed and it's like michelle being like wonder if uh wendell has got the hots for for me and parvati and wendell's thought bubble just says how can i fix this crappy shelter <laughs> that is yes <laughs> He's, he's all about making life better on the island. Exactly. He's a big furniture developer guy. This is true. So, moving on to Yara, uh, we had probably the funniest threesome of guys in terms of on the previous tribe with Rob, Ben, and Adam. And then he got Sarah and Sophie. That, that's probably the easiest job of all time in terms of trying to split up three people. For, oh. for Sarah and Sophie, absolutely, and and Rob, and you know I, the whole thing about the way that this episode went down with Rob, Ben, and Adam, you know we're gonna go back and we're not gonna talk and stuff like that. That's typical old school Rob. It is, and, and it, it it won him a game. It played, you know, he's he's about to go down if he hasn't already as having the most days ever of any Survivor contestant. Yeah, and you know, uh, I don't I don't think it worked for him. Well. It did not work for him. <laughs> it did not work well for him. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But it's just hilarious because you got Rob, 
Rob and Ben never seem to really get along because Ben, I don't think, is as dumb as people think. He made a couple really dumb decisions at the beginning of the season. Yes, but I think he's kind of recovered nicely I think from he has recovered very nicely from it. And Adam, we'll see if he can recover. He's made a couple boneheaded decisions as of late. So there's no trust amongst the three of them. And then you got Sarah and Sophie who are as thick as thieves. All of a sudden. Which, which is amazing because Sophie finds an idol. And she gives half of the idol to Sarah. Which she had to give. So you got those two locked into each other. Now it's just, can we get one person of Rob, Ben, or Adam to join us? And in this case, they actually got two to join them. And Rob became the next person voted off of the game. Correct. One of the, one of the things that I always find interesting is like the edits that they yeah. give us. And it's like, you know, I think uh, there was a scene uh, before they went to tribal where Ben was like mouthing Rob to him. And that, that was the only nugget that yeah. we were given that this might go down as Rob getting voted out against them. Um, he played it great, though, during the day. But I think he also... It was also enough for Sarah and Sophie, and both of them had advantage go- going into that tribal, and it was like, and neither one played it, and of course I'm like screaming at the television. Right, yeah. You know, because it's like, Sarah is one of my all-time favorites as well. I will make no, <laughs> I will make no bones about that, but you know, I just hope that she wasn't going to go home uh, with, with Rob, so obviously it did go down. They all voted uh, for Rob, and I think Rob, Rob put his vote on... He put his vote on Sarah. On Sarah, which was for him was a smart move. So right. Rob is off to the island. He is, unfortunately. He he joins his best friends uh, Tyson and uh, Ethan, as well as his wife. Yes, <laughs> he does. And and Tyson's got a nice little soundbite going into next week about doing something, which you know we can talk about in a little bit. But it was like that that should make for. I think we're going to get a little bit more. Of that this week. Uh, obviously, um, yeah. uh, all of our uh, former contestants over there on the island have not been... They were not in last week's episode at all. Because they had a 10-minute bit from the previous episode, which which was a great thing about Ethan going up the, the mountain to get the, the logs and everything and them joining, which was a great moment. That actually has to go down probably as one of the best scenes in all the in 40 seasons of Survivor. And if that doesn't show you what respect they have for each other playing this game, mm-hmm. it just does. And, and the love that everybody has for Ethan, because Ethan's a great guy. Yes, absolutely. So that that's I, I agree with you. We're going to get more content from The Edge this week, which I'm excited about because I think we've got some pretty funny people on The Edge. We're going to get some pretty cool things. Uh, Natalie's probably going to find a couple more fire tokens because she's the queen of that island (laughs) absolutely is the queen of that island so going into the challenge um we've got the three tribes going at it to get immunity from this past episode and i was really really impressed with kim during that challenge because she was knocking a lot of the boxes over she was she she really kind of carried that aspect of that absolutely after after they were so far behind in that challenge as right. well. And, and and Boss and Rob also, him and Ben did a great job putting uh, Yara ahead early in it. But Adam and Sophie did a terrible job on the puzzle. Because they were the first people to it and they did not get it figured out at all. They didn't. And towards the end, I think Rob was actually trying to look at the solved puzzle to try to help them get it. It was, it was uh, a little too late. 
You, you could also just hear the panic in Sophie's voice, too. She did not sound very confident from it. I think she's played an incredible game so far, but that was probably her worst moment on the season so far. Luckily for her, I mean, it didn't affect her at all. It did not. She's in a great spot. She had a high this uh, episode, and she had a low this episode. She did. She did. And, and we also saw, speaking of, of the uh, puzzle part of the challenge, Wendell and Parvati smoked it. They did. Absolutely. That was excellent. Yes. They, they just, bam, it was really quick, and they, they just seemed to have a really good flow to it. I think a lot of it's about communication. Yes, some of these puzzles are exceptionally hard, but it's like you really have to communicate with each other. And if you're getting help from the other players, you definitely have to take it. But sometimes that does work as a disadvantage. Right, if you got people yelling at you. And and yelling contradicting things, and then all of a sudden you think you're on a path, which they thought they were on a path, and then they had to take it all apart. Yeah, so that that did not really bode well for them, uh, for, for Sophie and Adam. But we so we got a great challenge in. That was an exciting challenge. It was. It was definitely an exciting challenge. And for this week's episode, we know that we're going to have a double elimination. So you got the three tribes going at it. Only one of them is going to get immunity. We don't know what the challenge is. But if you had to guess uh, who's going to be voted off, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Who do you think is at the top of the pecking order to be voted off for each tribe, if you had to guess right now? Right now, for DeCall, I'd have to say Tony. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. I agree. Unfortunately, and if it's uh, Yara, I'm probably, I'm on, I'm, I'm leaning between Ben and Adam, but actually a little bit more in Adam's favor. I would definitely agree with that. And I think Wendell's in trouble. Yeah, I Right down the board, I agree with you. Uh, Sandra's got the idol for at least one more tribal. I believe. I think that was something that I was checking on to make sure that she does, and I have a feeling that she will. the queen will play it regardless. Right. So that probably means that the beloved Tony will be going home if, if they lose. If they lose. If they lose. Hopefully, for our sake, because we love Tony, uh, they, they'll win. Because I want to see more Tony content. He's hysterical. And I think he's playing a, a, a great game. It's just he's now found himself on the bottom because of the tribe swap, which which happens sometimes. Uh, for Sally, I agree. Wendell, it feels like he's kind of on the bottom for that. And for Yara, I, I would guess that Sophie and Sarah would much rather play with Ben. Solely for the fact that he's more athletic, better in challenges, and more controllable. Correct. Absolutely. And really, I mean, you know, obviously the two ladies on Yara have the advantage and, you know, they're not going anywhere. So I feel feel very comfortable. We we got a couple people that are definitely not going to go anywhere this week, regardless of how this shakes out and who goes to trouble. Sarah and Sophie are completely safe. Yes. Which which is great. And Sophie just keeps impressing me week after week. And it's like when she was coming back, I was like, I don't remember her season too much, but I'm starting to remember things that she did that made her win her season. <laughs> I, th- I She's a very, very underrated player. I, I didn't know much about her going into the season because I hadn't seen her season before, but I'm now going back to watch her season, and I can understand why she won her season and why she's doing so well on this season. She's a very, very underrated player. Absolutely. Probably would have uh, picked her in our survivor pool had I uh, known that, but <laughs> but right now I'm in second place, so uh, things are boating well. <laughs> so one other thing we're going to talk about 
uh, before we wrap up. Future ideas for seasons. So after this season, uh, we're going to need some interesting things to keep the fans involved because it's it's always tough after you have like a legendary season, like season 20 when you had heroes versus villains. Like The next couple seasons kind of suck because you bring in all these legendary players, you have all these cool ideas, these great challenges. What are a couple ideas you'd like to see for future seasons? Well, the one... I have said for a long time that I'd like to see the first eliminated on, and it's like, especially from some of the message boards and Facebook groups, is like, everybody is off of that. There's no way they want to see that. I have some arguments on some players just being on the wrong side of a vote and really just not getting enough screen time, and Mm -hmm. some people believe, well, they, they were first out for a reason, but something you and I were just talking about before we went on was it would be nice to see the runner ups. Yeah, I think there's plenty of them because in some seasons you've had two of them. You know, when we go into three, and it's like I think that there's a nice pool of uh, uh, of former players that could make a very very interesting season to see how they're playing because you've had you've got players that just eked out a win and they lost, and then you've also got what I call the coattail riders, right? And do you put the coattail riders back in, or do you really just look at the really look at the stronger runner-ups? Because there's you know when there's three, there's always one that's getting gets votes, then there's one that gets no votes, and they were pretty much just riding the coattails, getting to the end. So that would be an interesting one to see. Um, yeah, the hero um, heroes versus villain. I think that they definitely should revisit that again. Because I think you'd get. Returning players like you, you could probably get somebody like Jeremy back on for hero. Uh, you could probably get someone like uh, Tony for villain. And you've got other players who haven't won before that are notorious heroes or villains that could be really interesting that I'm sure a lot of people would like to see again. Absolutely. Uh, and, and like you said, for like the runner up season, I mean, one get the first name that comes in my, when, my mind when I think about a great player who is a runner up, I think of Dominic from season 36, Ghost Island. Losing out by one vote in the only tie in the history of Survivor to Wendell. Correct. Because those two were aligned the entire game. They relied on each other. They both played incredible games. It was so close that they tied. And you had to have the the third person become the 11th member of the jury to decide a winner. Absolutely. So I I think that there's... In a season like that, when you've got 20 people, you're probably going to have a couple coattail riders but i do think there are players who are runner-ups who are great players i wouldn't mind seeing someone like spencer play again yeah spencer is one of my favorites and uh sometimes he's been his own worst enemy and there's other times he's i mean he's always played a great game he's always yes i mean he made it deep in both games that he played correct and it's like as much as i you know it's like and one of my all-time favorites is ozzy and it's just like i just the unfortunate thing with him is he's such a physical threat and everything that they just keep him around long enough to knock him back out. So it's like, I don't even know at this right. point if they asked him again, if he'd want to come back, um, I would love to have him back, but maybe, maybe he's, uh, his days on being survivor might be over with, but you never know. Never say never. Right. Cause him, him and Joe are two players that are too good for their, their own good. Absolutely. Because too, yes. they're so good at the whole survival aspect. They're so great at winning challenges and helping out camp life, that you keep them around because you want to win challenges. And then when the merge hits, it's like, okay, the second that they don't win immunity, because they're going to win a couple, that's when we got to vote them out. Correct. So if they're not winning the entire every single one, or if they don't have like an idol, they're going to be knocked out. 
But I would love to see Ozzy play again because Ozzy's a great player and he's beloved in the Survivor community for many reasons. Absolutely, absolutely. And somebody somebody else mentioned the other day was uh, maybe it was on a message board that I was reading about Natalie's sister. Um, Nadia, yeah, that's Nadia another person be... I was thinking for uh, the first person voted out because they're, I mean, they're built the same way. They're twins. I love what 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 you what would happen if she you know went deeper into the game. What if they had both went deeper into the game? You right. Know, it was just you know so um, that that was that's I'd have to say with both of those sisters playing that was a great season. Um, that doesn't always work when you've got you know family members playing opposite each other. Right. Um, I am uh, definitely not one for that bandwagon to get back on. <laughs> I do not want to see that uh, a season like that again. I think that they've gone to the well. Twice on that, I think one worked out better than the other. Right. Not a big fan of Blood versus Water. Not at all. <laughs> it was the last. It was the only season that I boycotted. Really? It was because I did not like the concept. And of all the people, it's like because I do love Rupert. It's like I had sent, I'd seen enough, and I just until this past summer, that was one that I decided not to watch. But I have watched it, and I did enjoy it. But uh, um, I was just against the concept. There's some concepts that I think work exceptionally well, and there's other ones that just don't work at all. Now, what's your biggest problem with that concept? Um, it's the whole thing about playing in teams, and I think we may see a little bit of that now with Rob and Amber, okay? Mm -hmm. If they're not going to both get back into this game, although they may, because if I believe that there's going to be two that get back into the game at different parts. Right. So there's always that possibility. But when you have family members or you've got, you know, brothers or, you know, um, or sisters or whatever, you have the advantage. You have an extra advantage. You have a built-in advantage. Yes, that does put a little bit of a target on your back. But, you know, if you if you work it correctly uh, on your alliances, you could build a bigger alliance with two than you could with one. And we also saw, depending, like, if both family members or if they're in a relationship or their husband wife if they both make it to the merge together well if one of them makes it to the end we saw uh baylor voted for her mom correct and that's the only vote she got because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure the votes that season were five two and one in favor of natalie on that season with Jacqueline being the second. I will tell you, you remember numbers better than I do. <laughs> but that's like that's a funny thing, because I didn't think... Ja I thought Jacqueline played a pretty good game. Natalie obviously played the best. Missy did not deserve a single vote, but she got one because her daughter's on the jury. Correct. Which I, I, see, I think is a problem with that as well. So I totally understand where you're coming from in terms of blood versus water. Are there any other kind of ideas you'd like to see as far as seasons are concerned? Um, I'm always a big fan. I am a big fan of like um, like three tribes versus two tribes. I love that dynamic. And they've started some seasons off with that dynamic. You know, I wouldn't mind them going out of the gate with four tribes of five. Now that becomes really, really interesting because they've never done that before, have they? Not that I'm aware of. And, I, you know, it's like... Jeff Probst, ever's listening to this, please, <laughs> please just you know file that one for maybe down the road. But what, no, what? I think that would be very very cool to start uh, off a season with like five tribes, and you could do, you could do it you know two groups of five men versus two groups of five women, or you could just totally mix it up. The other thing too that I really wish that they would do is I wouldn't mind them starting off and not having you know drawing buffs immediately or doing a schoolyard pickup and let us see the schoolyard pickup right. 
You don't know. You're right. you're just making assumptions based upon people that you have not talked to yet. I re- that's that's an interesting dynamic when people are just doing like a visual and trying to f- figure out who would make a stronger tribe. So I would. Those are uh, different ways to start the season, you know. But I'm a big fan of the of the three tribes, cause especially when you go and you've got three teams competing. This week, of course, we you know two two teams are going to lose and two teams are going to tribal. But last week it was great because we were rooting. You know, if you don't win, you still have another chance. Right. So, but the negative on the negative on that is is you're starting with five contestants so it's like it doesn't you know it's just like it's not going to take too many votes to get you knocked off or mm-hmm. if you start in two tribes of 10 like they have several times um it becomes a little interesting but the other the other thing that i wish they would consider doing is uh maybe a no vote you know give us give us give us a full episode of everybody you know and maybe have an immunity challenge win but don't go to tribal just have one so that we can see a little bit more of the contestants because that would eliminate perhaps some of this first contestant. It's like they're gone and we didn't get a chance to see them. Right. That's fair. I, I like that idea. What would you think about a season? Like in season 22, we saw 18 people go on the island and then out of a helicopter, you got Russell Hansen, Boston Rob, and then they draw a buff and those are the tribes they go to. What would you think about two players like that, not them specifically, but former players basically becoming team captains and doing a schoolyard pick? That's great. You actually could probably do that with what I just suggested and have four if you wanted to start with four. It's like you would bring four returning contestants back right. and do a schoolyard pick on that. And they would, they would, you know, the former contestants would be doing the pick and they would obviously not know any of the new contestants. I think all those, it's, it's just something to shake up the beginning because everything, every season of Survivor always starts off as like, I don't know if it's going to be a good season or not. And it just builds and builds and builds and you get to know the players and the, their personalities come out. Then all of a sudden it's like you just start rooting for two or three or four of them and it just gets developed and you lose that in the beginning because you just don't know a lot of the contestants and a lot of, and a lot of times somebody just goes. That's why I go back to I wouldn't mind seeing a season of, of the first person, first person, excuse me, first person voted out. Right. I definitely agree with that because there's players that they got on the show for a reason. Yes, I mean, correct. so like there's obviously something there with these players. I'd, I'd love to see some of these people have a chance to return after being the first person voted out and get a second chance. It would be like a second chance season. Second chance, second chance, first person voted out. I think that that would be a really unique opportunity uh, to get to know some of these players. Absolutely. Well, I think that's just about everything we wanted to cover in this week's episode. It was a short episode, but it is a short episode. It's hard to to go over a ton of content uh, with just an hour episode. So uh, we will be returning next week uh, to go over the two players that will be voted off from this upcoming episode, which will air tomorrow because today is Tuesday. So we will have more to talk to you about. Maybe Mark Ashdown will be returning for a second episode in a row. We shall see. We shall see. And hopefully he will get out of last place in our survivor pool. Good luck with that. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully I can propel myself into first place over Phil. Absolutely. I just want to get out of the basement. For somebody that loves Survivor more than anybody in the family, why I'm in last place, I don't know. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Fire in the Form of Flint podcast. Good night.